is the podcast to the show you can listen to or know. Welcome to our Ted Lasso talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Hello and welcome to the TedCast. Uh, you may recognize that this is not your usual hosting voice. Uh, our average height and uh, <laughs> has gone up. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, we're starting right in, baby. Here we go. Start right up. Um, yeah, but we uh, actually we do have uh, our boss, Emily Chambers. You can say what's up to the folks. You guys, the podcast ad is gone. There's this, nobody in charge. Oh my god, we're <laughs> we're throwing we're throwing a TedCast rager, folks. We're throwing a TedCast <laughs> rager. Uh, no, actually, Coach Castleton is doing uh, something that I will give him complete and utter credit for, which is being a great dad. Uh, there was some college visitation that needed to go on, but also the show must go on. And so Boss and I are going to try to uh, keep the train on the tracks with no conductor. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you ready to jump into some updates and get going here? I sure am. Number one, I really like that uh, whole the show must go on thing that you came up with. I feel like we should try to try to get that to catch on. Really <laughs> like it. uh, you know, just see, you know, listen, off the top of my head, I just go with these things. Uh, yeah, no, I love that. There you go. Um, yeah. So uh, luckily, Castleton did leave us some updates. We, we, of course, have mentioned before, but in previous seasons, we had a bunch of time to watch and rewatch and possibly obsessively rewatch the episodes. And this time we're doing them a little bit faster. So when we catch things, we like to address them. I actually see. Here's the thing. I planned on coming into this recording. Mm-hmm. No nonsense, no jokes. Just come right in with the updates. And then, of course, Castleton leaves and I can't do that. No, but I did have some. I had three, in fact. Um, the first one is that at the beginning of this episode, episode four, big week, I don't know if we specifically mentioned that Jamie's headboard is leopard print. Cause I know that we have been noting that about characters. I didn't know. His is. I did not see it. Nice. Good catch. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm into it. I, uh, you know, I wanted to rewatch for the podcast and also Phil Dunster's butt isn't that bad. So might as well go back and just for research. That's for fair. Notes. That is fair. Yeah. Um, Two in the last episode, episode three, four, five, one, which is a confusing title. Yes. Um, I believe Castleton mentioned that Sassy said she was going to scale Mount Zava. I know you mentioned it also, but uh, that Zava is married. And so there was a little bit of a, mm, what's Sassy going to do with that? I realized I don't know if LeBron James is married. I have, I, like, if I assume that. LeBron James. LeBron James is for me right now one of those guys that's like larger than life in the game. Right. I don't know at all. I have no idea if he has been married, if he is divorced, if he is currently married. Like, that's so funny. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That that totally that's totally plausible. I mean, I do know he is married and and to his high school sweetheart actually, which is pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying though that. Yeah, why would she yeah. know that if she just sort of casually knows who this guy is? 
Yeah. And I really like LeBron James. Not enough that I actually follow basketball because I'm bad about that stuff. But <laughs> I, I know who he is. I would recognize him. Mm-hmm. I would know his name. I did not know until you told me right now that he's married to his high school sweetheart, which is incredibly sweet. Right. Um, the other note that I had going all the way back to the first episode of this season, uh, Smells Like Mean Spirit. Mm-hmm. When Nate calls the player over to the line and he says, stand here, this is the important line. It's the dum-dum line. Oh. One, that's gross. But two, he is telling a player to stand there and think about the thing that he did wrong which is in direct contrast to Ted's first move as a head coach on the pitch, telling Sam, be a goldfish. Oh, wow. Right from the jump, we see how different they are. Their first acts on the pitch as head coaches, they do the exact opposite thing. Boss, with the the flex, with the flex, the intellectual governor is off the vehicle. (laughs) <laughs> I love that and it's absolutely 100% correct. Like how like that is I mean that is a one to one. You screwed up, yeah. be a goldfish, you screwed up. Stand here and be humiliated and don't ever forget that you made this mistake. Yeah. Wow. Great 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 this great is, call. This is why I need to watch over and over again. It doesn't sink in the first time. Well, and, and we've we've talked about this and I'm not going to get us held up in the the pre open of the show uh for us but exactly. But, uh, exactly. but i think you're i think there's so many layers to it that i find this to be true and i've still and i've gone back even since season three started and watched some episodes from the first two seasons and again i'm catching more and those are the ones i have seen well into the double digits probably over 20 for some of them i've watched them so much yeah so that's no, it's, i need it's to intense. It's, it is intense. The writers did, again, a tremendous job of layering so many things in there and so many callbacks and so many references that yeah. it's even when it takes 16 hours to go through a 40 minute episode, it's that much fun. <laughs> right. Because there's so much. Right. Right. You don't have to make stuff up. There's plenty there to, to discuss. So also uh, we have the an open question, which we, we, we I'm curious for your take on this, which is. Did Ted put up the Believe poster specifically to protect Nate from everyone else's rage? I have some real thoughts on that, but but yeah, where 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 do you land? What what was Ted thinking when he put that ripped piece of paper back up on the wall? No, it, very specifically, my answer was he doing it to protect Nate. Right. No. Right. In part, maybe a little bit, he was doing it so that he wouldn't need to address the fact that Nate was pissed at him, that Nate had left like that. He was going to put the poster back up and pretend like it never happened and deal with it tomorrow. And, and what what I find fascinating about, even as you say, deal with it tomorrow, but not even, right? I mean, oh no, how long's it been since that happened? Okay, let's say that day he had to put it back up quickly because here they come and I don't want to have a mess. Why not replace it? Like, I keep coming back to that. Why not replace it? Yeah, that's a really good point. Why not replace it? I think because, again, he does have four of them. We saw him Mm -hmm. uh, season one, episode 10, run upstairs to grab a tiny little believe sign and bring it back down. Um, It it may be a mixture of denial and superstition. Mm. 
Like that belief poster had gotten them through some bad times. So maybe he wanted to hang on to it, but he doesn't want to acknowledge that it's been ripped or been damaged. So he's just going to slap it up like everything's fine and move on. Right. Right. Also, uh, in terms of the uh, dealing with it tomorrow, uh, one of the boyfriend's worst habits is that he stays up way, way too late, does not get enough sleep. Something that both of the other coaches on this podcast are familiar with. I'm quite familiar. Mm -hmm. And every time he does it, I say, you're going to be tired tomorrow, though. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, yeah, but that's morning Craig's problem. Fuck that guy. (laughs) So... I th- that maybe that's actually what Ted is thinking of. Not I'm going to fix it tomorrow, but that's tomorrow's Ted's that's problem. That's tomorrow's Ted's problem. Maybe I so, like like did it not happen on some level for him? I mean, I get what you're saying there, which is like, all right, crisis averted. I didn't have to deal with it. Moving on, but like, yeah, I'm wondering, did it have like in in Ted's mind? Does he allow himself to? He walks past that sign every, every day. day. Hmm. So I just think it's fascinating that he would be in such, especially because we know, you know, he's had so many issues about what he does and doesn't acknowledge that's going on. I mean, when Mm -hmm. he had that panic attack, imagine, rather than let Beard know or take the walk, right? He's like, no, 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 I'll go, I'm fine. You know, like he wants to get away and hide this as fast as possible. And he doesn't tell the team. So he does have a way of like, you know, of hiding. Oh, he, he definitely a lot. And this uh, is going to be something that I touch on later in the episode, especially in regards to Michelle. But I feel like I have a little bit of a defense for the people that are closest to Ted because he keeps them out the most. Mm. Like, maybe there is some second string player that we don't know the name of, but we've seen in the locker room that Ted would not feel the need to disclose to necessarily. The entire team, he should. Right. But, like, we had... A discussion in season two. Um, do we think that Beard knows that Ted's dad killed himself? Mm-hmm. And do we think that Michelle knows that? The fact that there's yeah. a grown man yeah. whose dad killed himself 30 yeah. years earlier and we don't know if he know his best friend knows means he's hiding everything all of the time, basically. Right. So and and the more of the show we see, the more I would put my money on Beard does not know that. Oh, yeah, no. I don't think Beard knows. Yeah. Yeah. We're in definite agreement there. So. Yeah. So I I think, yeah, I think that this is just his way of you gloss over the bad things until they stop bothering Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to do a whole thing about his relationship to anger, but at some point we've got to start the episode. All right. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the next thing is Nate and Jade. It's a very odd. I will share that uh, my wife, Daphne, uh, I sounded a bit like Bill Cosby saying my wife, Claire, which was a little bit creepy. So, uh, yeah, that was uncomfortable. Okay. Well, but okay. Yeah. Dr. Huxtable. Oh, my. Totally different Dr. from Dr. Huxtable said my wife, Claire. Right, 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 right. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, th- thank you. That does that does help a lot. Um, apparently, Heathcliff Huxtable, uh, not one to drug people. Uh, so, that's. <laughs> which well, I love oh, in a sitcom character, personally. And I, also, only if it's not part of their birth plan. Mm, if they have called for an epidural. Mm, this is he will true. help with them with that. Right, mm-hmm. right, which is a totally different angle on that. Okay, I think we've mm-hmm. discussed uh, rape enough today. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> Coach Castleton, great check. How'd the show go? Oh, no, great. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was super great. <laughs> you should listen to this great new Ted Lasso podcast. They've talked about AIDS and rape. It's been fun. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The feel-good show that everybody needed. Okay, here we go. So, Nate and Jade, though, seriously. Yes. What is the story with these two? Um, Jade is quite easy to hate, but the writers... <sighs> They're so good that I find it hard to believe that they're going to give this much airtime to a character and not have it mean something. And so does it mean that this is like Nate getting, trying to get some approval from a, a sort of like an avatar of his father with this distant, you know, no energy approach or like what, what is his story? Well, I, so I'm wondering if you have thoughts first, actually. Well, I'm 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 sort of confused. Like he, it's almost it's the you know that old Groucho Marx thing, which I'm gonna you know paraphrase and probably not get quite right, but you know that never wanting to be a member of a, a of a club, never wanting to be a part of a club that would have me as a member, and I just mm-hmm. feel like in the opposite direction, only wanting to be in a club that won't have me as a member. So she's rejected him and so he can't move on like he cannot move on until she acknowledges no 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 you're a big boy with a big boy job and i'm impressed yes i so i do find her character really interesting because i feel like a taste of athens in tooting is not a place that a presumptuous isn't exactly the right word. She seems like she thinks she's better than other people. Oh, yeah. And it it feels like you would need only a second of Rebecca coming in and saying, like, actually, you're a hostess at Taste of Athens and Tooting. I don't know where you're getting the attitude from. Rebecca was going to buy the place on a whim. Rebecca, yes. So. Like, Rebecca could buy it. So, yes. Um, I do. I fully admit, I was thinking back on the last episode that the three of us recorded where there was a lot of talk about Nate. Mm-hmm. And there is something about him that I find actively uninteresting at this point. Mm-hmm. Not Nick Muhammad. Nick Muhammad, I think, is great. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, he's yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think every time that I look at Nate or like think about what's going on with his character... My response is sort of like, oh, your dad made you feel like you're not worthy of being loved. Like, what do you think fathers do, Nate? That's their whole thing. That's like just what they do. That's their point. <laughs> so this might be some of my stuff. Go figure. That's fine. Um, but, but I do think like the extent to which Nate has not checked in on any of the stuff that's going on with him makes me feel like it's all so surface level regardless of what he does. Like, he is so transparent. By trying to hide the fact that he doesn't feel good about himself, he's become so transparent that I feel like, even if I were Jade, the hostess at Taste of Athens in Tooting, Mm. he would come in and I would read on him, he is not important. Now, I personally, myself, wouldn't actually be rude the way that she is because I'm only rude to people I love. But... (laughs) It, it just for me, like it, he picked up on her rejecting him, so he needs to 
make himself look bigger. Right. And she is never going to because he needs it so bad. Right. So, it, well, well, like, there's. Well, that's the thing about the cool kids, right? Like, even in, you know, yes. in, in your, whether it's a Disney movie or an average high school or what have you, part of it is not that, like, the cool kids are the ones. Like, what Ted came in and did at AFC Richmond. That's that's the nerds of the world, the theater kids of the world overcoming. Yeah. Like the cool like in this system, to want what you described is exactly right. To want her approval or her stamp of cool, let's call it, is exactly the le- the least cool thing he can be engaged in. Yeah. Yes. Like wanting this person who isn't actually that cool to think that he's cool is the least cool thing he could be he doing. Possibly be doing. And he and and he doesn't yeah. um yeah, he, he just doesn't get that. Um anyhow, it's not as if we're not gonna get to talk about Nate, but I, I did think that was yes. uh, interesting question. Now, Smigus Dingus, I thought that was nonsense. I thought that was just nonsense syllable yeah. syllables in the in the spirit of pee pee fingers, but apparently <laughs> No, it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. So maybe il- illuminate us, Paul. It's so, and this is not my research. This is not what I have done because it's not a podcast that Brendan Hunt has been on. So uh... I haven't listened. But uh, it's a formerly pagan but now Roman Catholic celebration held on Easter Monday across Central Europe. So I'm sure kicking off any hour now, someplace, uh, based on when we're recording. <laughs> Um, the tradition is widely associated with Poland and it's observed in Polish communities. Um, it is so it's basically like his son named himself after a holiday, a fun holiday. Yes. It would, it, it sort of feels like if, uh, an American kid named himself Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl with Jesus, <laughs> but like Jesus Super Bowl. Yeah. That's a, that's about right. As yeah. you know, water throwing and what. So yeah. So apparently mm-hmm. that's a, that that was uh, that worked for Zava and his kid and uh, hilarious. Uh, and then finally, let us get back to this episode. Um. So I'm gonna do my best at that which Coach Castleton does do well. This is twice in. Not very much time that I'm giving him credit. So if that's what you if that's what you tuned in for, folks, you can stop the, stop playing it now because that's gonna stop. Um, all right, but uh, yeah. So we have an insert of sports cars leaving Richmond. Uh, Ted enters his office. Uh, Ted, whoa, what are you still doing here? Beard, Trent, and Roy are at Beard's desk, and Beard says, "Coach, you're gonna want to watch this." To which Ted says. Oh, is it one of those videos of a military parent coming home after a long tour? Because if so, I'm going to be eating tears and snot for dinner. <laughs> Which, yes. he's not wrong, but also, are, is that is that the newest video you would be thinking of, Ted? Right. Like, Maybe it's his favorite. Wh- why would they be gathered like that for that? Okay, whatever. Uh, yes, I love those two, and more than one has punched me right in the tear ducts. But uh, oh, of course, yeah, no, that's serious business. But yeah, no, that is not what we're watching. Trent says not quite. Sad music is playing under the whole thing, and we cut to surveillance video or security cam, or however you want to phrase it, of Nate uh, making a fool of himself. So he, we, yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah. 
Yeah, no, he, well, he, so he's ripping, he, this is when he rips the believe sign. Uh, I had to go back and double check because I did not remember, but we don't actually see yeah. Nate rip the sign yeah. at the end of season two. Yeah. We, it's strongly implied. We come back to the office and Ted sees it ripped. Um, so when this is the security footage of Nate pushing or, or actually maybe trying to jump up and grab the believe sign, not able to, grabs a roller chair, tries to stand on it, falls, has to push it back. Finally, after like a third attempt and locking the chair in the right way, rips down the sign, brings it into Ted, the coach's office and rips it on Ted's desk. Yeah. And I got to say, he was, I felt like he was giving us a lot of Lord Farquhar. You know what I mean? Like it was just so pathetic. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> just like, yeah. oh, oh like, no, really? Nate? Like so, his... It also felt like a bit of a nanny cam. So I was sort of going like whatever it was, they were making him super small in that big giant space. And it was mm-hmm. just so pathetic. It yeah, was just looked, so pathetic. Yeah. It, he was like just coming off of being the wonder kid, mm-hmm. being embarrassed by that. And now he really does look like a little kid when he's doing it. Yeah. Like, he can't get, get up on the counter or whatever the right way. And then he falls down. Like it's, it, yeah. It's very infantilizing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, you know, so the guy and, and they're laughing. I bring that up in part because they're laughing at him and sort of shaking their head, um, sort of acknowledging the pathetic part. But Ted is definitely not given the same energy. What, what kind of space would you say Ted is in? Ted is sad. Like one of the things mm-hmm. that I find most interesting is that Ted is in complete denial about admitting a lot of things. In some areas, mm. and then in other areas, you read everything he's feeling on his face all the time. Huh. And that is an interesting combination to have. Like, he's so open in so many ways that you think he can't be hiding anything, right. but actually he's hiding everything. So, in this case, he is openly sad. Uh, I feel like sort of that secondhand embarrassment feeling mm-hmm. for, like, Michael Scott on The Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, uh, where did this come from? Right. This is his first question. And I'd, I'd just like to, to call back Nine Scheidenford. If you remember that, oh. you know, right? And, and, and how much Nate enjoyed. Ooh, it's nice to see somebody put Jamie in his place. And Ted reflexively and firmly, to, right? Uh, speaking of yeah. that, no, we don't do Scheidenford. So this was that, you know, huge. That, yeah. I did not catch that at all. That's great. I love that. So it's it's yes. so fascinating. So okay, so Ted stops it um and asks uh where this come from? Yep. And Roy pointing at Trent Krim, which boy oh boy, who saw this coming? This fucking legend thought to pull the security footage when we told him about the sign to which uh, Trent responds, I guess you can take the boy out of journalism, but you can't take journalism out of the boy, to which Roy, as Roy Wood says, well, you fucking ruined it now. The point is the answer we were looking for has arrived. <laughs> yes. yes, go ahead. Your take, yeah. your take on I, Roy. My, it, the only thing is that one of my favorite things about the way that Ted Lasso handles changes is it is not drawn out. We are not going to see Roy and Trent slowly build up to a friendship. They are going to go from mm. beef to resolution to this fucking legend. Like, 
Yeah. Two episodes ago, Roy said nobody say a fucking word around this guy, and now he's a legend. Right. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite things. It's the same as Rebecca's apology to Ted in season one. Mm. Like, there's an there's a, even Roy and Jamie. Like, they have had a lot of issues interpersonally between the two of them. Sure. Jamie telling Keely he loves her at the end of season two probably didn't help anything, but they are actually close. Like. They're gruff with each other, yeah. but they are close. Yeah. I, so, I like that you use the word gruff because that's different mm-hmm. than mean and it's different than a lot of other words that we might use. And he's gruff. You you fucking ruined it now. They're still friends and he's still a fucking legend, right? I mean, like, we're just yes. like, and that's just the way Roy talks to you. Just like uh, when, you know, Higgins um, says he has a question about strategy and Roy's response is who fucking cares or something. <laughs> Something close to that. Yes. You know, so that yeah. he's gruff. I love that. That's exactly, that's that's on point. Yeah. Um, he he, he yeah. wasn't frowning. He never smiled his whole career. That, There's a difference. That yes. part. Yep. That yep. part. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ted asks, uh, Ted asks. Oh, what, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, oh, what you talking about? A little too much with, like, he was missing the Willis. Ah, uh, you know what? You're a hundred percent on that. I I missed that one, and that and I'm I'm a little bit ashamed. You're you're a hundred percent, hundred percent. Beard hits us with a video like this could motivate a team, perhaps. And what's Ted's reaction to that? He actually licks his chops, like he is thinking about it, but he doesn't say anything. Uh, you could tell that he's contemplating it, but also a little disappointed. I don't know. There's a lot of emotion going mm-hmm. on his face. But definitely, he kind of wants to, but I think he's not going to. Right. Um, and then he says, uh, thank you for your help, Trent. May young Robert Redford portray you in the film someday. Probably Dustin Which, Hoffman. Good night. Well, I mean, I understand that they're making a reference to uh, all the president's yes. men. Yes. Yeah, great. But also, they're much older than you, Trent. You should be a little embarrassed by that. Like, <laughs> Robert Redford can't play you in a movie. Robert, don't get me wrong. I love Robert Redford, but he can't play you in a movie right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess you did. He threw in the young to make the joke work. But yeah, it is. It's, it is a sort of. Uh, it's weird. It's a weird construction. You are correct. I did like Trent's um, quick wit to say probably Dustin Hoffman. Like, hey, I know I know my limitations. I've looked in a mirror. I'll take Dustin yes. Hoffman. I thought that was pretty. I thought I, that was cool. I know exactly who I am. Yeah. yeah um, so. One of the things that I was thinking the other night, and as I was thinking it, what I thought to myself was, man, when I tell the coaches about this, they're like the everybody's gonna know that I'm actually a little bit of a sociopath. <laughs> so th- what I thought was Beard, Roy, and Trent couldn't even figure out how to use the tape correctly. Mm. Because what they said was we could show it to the team and motivate the team. Mm -hmm. You don't use this tape to motivate the team. You release this tape to the media and use it to humiliate Nate. Because his worst fear is being humiliated. He will be... Focused on Twitter all week and also worried that Rupert is going to think he's not a killer and Rupert's going to fire him because Nate is still most terrified of failing and losing his job and having to move back in with his parents. So this now is how you- my undying love is is combined with unbridled <laughs> fear. 
holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Today, the West Ham manager spontaneously combusted when a video was released. <laughs> like, what? What? So yeah. I want to reach the boyfriend and be like, if you don't do anything else, I'd just listen to the, I'd listen to this episode. Just listen to it. Just <laughs> I don't want to tell you what to do or how to be, but you might want to listen. Um, no, that's yeah. that's. Uh, I think that is crushing. And yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll go through the rest of the episode. But wow, yeah, yeah. I think you're. I didn't even consider that. I did think it could be used to motivate the team. And yeah, the idea of releasing it, which is, in for me at least also reflect some of what we've learned about Ted. The question is whether Ted is even going to say anything to Nate, right? The idea that Ted, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, who would be who would be totally justified. You went to the newspapers about yep. my anxiety attacks. Like actually this yep. still isn't as bad as what you did. Yep. And went to Trent. And went to Trent specifically. With that. Yes. Specifically having Trent be the one who got the tape that they could release. Like, is Nate going to complain I mean, that they're leaking to the media? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. a really, really, really great point. So, Ted, uh, go home, guys. Get some sleep. He pats Beard on the shoulder. They all say goodnight. And I definitely... I, I got the sense that Roy and Beard are going to be discussing this later. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no chance that they're not incorporating this into their strategy somehow. Yeah, right. So they they you know, they they're not quite happy with, oh yeah, let's just all go home, no big deal. Uh and then this <laughs> when everyone's gone, it's just Beard and Ted. Uh would you like to be Beard or Ted? Oh, I should probably be Beard. All right, let's do it. Let's get real. Yeah. Uh coach, I was thinking about your sassy situation. Oh, yeah. Jane's sister is in town. No, thank you, coach. That's the right answer. I loved mm-hmm. <laughs> that exchange. Mm-hmm. Like they, it, I felt like it was back like to essential Ted and Beard finishing each other's sentences, putting the desk together. Like it was a very in yep. sync moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, this was back to uh, get the Wi Fi password. Mm-hmm. The wet, wet, I'm wet, on wet, it. Wipe. Yep, yep. Wet wipes. Yep. Yeah. So I, yes. I, I enjoy that. So Beard leaves, close the door. Um. Ted looks at the the uh, thumb drive in in uh, in his computer on his in Beard's computer on Beard's desk, and we cut to Nate at his desk on his phone late at night, as is almost always going to be the case because he's got to know what everybody's saying about him, and he's reading an mm-hmm. article from the Independent. This one's from Haley Pither, not Marcus. So I guess we're we're putting this outside of Marcus's. Uh, purview after exchanging fireworks in the press room it's finally time for nathan shelley and ted lasso to settle matters on the pitch both their clubs have had incredible starts to the season although west ham's was a bit more predictable tiny afc richmond landing zava and climbing to the top of the table has surprised everybody well everybody except they're impossibly and now who comes sneaking up as he seems to do in most scenes uh, here comes Rupert. And what does Rupert have to say? Burning the midnight oil, I see. Uh, yeah. Sorry for the smell. Which, 
goes completely over Rupert's head because he's a humorless bastard. Right. The oil burning. And then Rupert gets it. And says, oh, so feeling confident about this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think so. Um, And it's clearly not what Rupert wants to hear. And anybody who knows anything about Rupert probably could have guessed that. At which point Mm -hmm. Nate recovers. Yeah, no. Go. Yeah. We're going to destroy, right? Exactly what Rupert was looking for and exactly the right confidence level, Nate. But he says is good. And then he turns to leave. So did this for me, this felt a lot like the tra- the training of Biggie, who's been heard on uh, uh, Biggie Smalls, my uh, dog, uh, <laughs> because to, the way he said good, like it just yeah. like he is training. Yeah. Nate, that's what's happening here. And uh, I just, I, I find that fascinating. Like he's, he really does not honor anybody else's humanity or any, like it's all just the, the purpose you serve in what I need to get done. And right now I need you to be this killer coach so that we can beat Richmond and I can stand, you know, victorious over Rebecca. And that's all you are. Yes. I feel like there's an extent to which Rupert's, even his love for AFC Richmond has always been mechanical and strategic. Mm-hmm. So you get, so in number one, the way that you win football is that you are tough and you are mean and you are George Cartrick, who mm-hmm. was the coach when Rupert was in charge. You get Nate, who is strategically brilliant and you make him mean enough mm-hmm. to get all the footballers in place. And so even when Nate made that joke, there's a possibility that Rupert understood what he was saying and was refusing to acknowledge the joke in order You're to right. make sure that Nate stayed at a distance. Right. Like, Ted would have loved that goddamn joke. Are he would have been thrilled. I mean, that's got 2% milks written all over it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Exactly, yeah. yes. No, absolutely. But it, yeah, but instead it's a, a good. I almost sounded like... Even though it's weird that they did the weird diamond dog things with Roy and were calling for Roy, that was more like, come here, buddy. Come on over. Come join That's us. Have fun. super interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is more like good stay. Yes. Which, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. It, it's rough. Um, so, Nate, no, it's just I, and you just, I, as much as I'm not rooting for Nate at this exact moment, um, I, as soon as he started to talk, I was like, oh, God. So, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. he just knew, like, there's nothing he's going to say is going to go well for him. I just haven't seen Ted since I left, and uh, we didn't leave on the best terms. I feel like I owe him an apology or something. And then during the uh, the blathering on, Rupert has slowly slithered back into the room and says, mm-hmm. You did what was best for you. What were you meant to do? Hang around supporting Ted for the rest of your life? I don't think so. Nathan's, you know, still not sold. Nor, by the way, am I. It's not as if your two choices were stay <laughs> stay in Ted's shadow yeah. for the rest of your life or sell him out to the newspapers and go coach the team of the boss's cheating ex-husband. Like somewhere yes. there had to be some stops on the continuum. Yeah. Right? I mean, like also you were in your first year of coaching. 
I understand why yes. I might feel great for him to think I am so I'm so amazing that I was plucked from being the kit man to being a, an assistant coach yes. to being a head coach because yes. I am so great at this. That's only half the truth. The other half of the truth is that Ted saw something in you that he wanted to bring out that he could have developed over a couple more years with you. And Rupert saw something that he could exploit in you right now in order to hurt somebody. That's it. That's exactly that, yeah. that's exactly it. And and this idea, I mean, if you think about any kind of career, I mean, meteoric rise, which a buddy of mine hates that phrase because oh, meteors God. don't rise. But at any they rate, don't rise. He's <laughs> right. Your buddy is right. <laughs> it's, like, it's true. And so, but I mean, but he just took off like a rocket. And 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 so actually, you know. It just seems like a, a made-up narrative we're going to go with now, as if, you yeah. know, Ted had his thumb on poor Nate and was, you know, holding back his brilliance or something. Yes. I um, Number one, I do hate the term meteoric rise because it doesn't make any sense. But also, in my experience, when you are working at a place where you are promoted that quickly, mm-hmm. things are going poorly. Mm-hmm. Um one of my last jobs, I don't want to name them because actually they do great work and I love the people there and I loved my job. I was only there for 18 months though. And while I was there, the I, I'm an accountant, as I've said before. So I was brought on as a staff accountant, which is the lowest of the accounting levels. I was just out of grad school. Mm. Um, before I even got a six month review up to like the accounting manager level. Right. The ass- controller left. We hired a new controller. The assistant controller left. I became the assistant controller. Like, I got promoted to that job. Yeah. They didn't fill my old position. So I was doing both of those until we got somebody else. And then they fired the controller because he wasn't doing very well. And then the CFO announced he was leaving. Mm. So I didn't become CFO. Don't worry about that. But I did for a brief period (laughs) hold the positions of staff accountant, assistant controller, and controller all at the same time. I'm good at my job. The place was shit at the time is how that happened. So the fact that Nate came out into a team where he's like, well, now I'm the head coach because I'm so good at this. No, honey, your team is shit. Mm -hmm. Like you're the guy in charge is shit and your team is going to be shit. You're good because you've got enough good players, but this isn't going to hold. Well, yeah, and it can't hold, right? I mean, even in basic yes. coaching ways, and I don't want to get too far afield on this one scene, but like in he, when he in that press conference said that he was getting to know the guys, I, I thought that was so yes. bizarre because I was like, so in your heart, you know, or in your mind, whatever, you understand that that's a thing you should be doing. You're just yep. incapable of it. And yes, if yes. there's anything you could have learned from a year or two around Ted, right? So it's it's kind of interesting that you know he's you know, was such in such a rush and now it's being presented this way. But um, you know, Nate's still not sure, and he's kind of hemming and hawing, and Rupert hits him with yeah. It, it, well, so sorry. Just one more thing before we move on. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about Nate is that he's. So looking for outside validation. We've talked about that before from the media, from whatever else. So he doesn't have any validation from his dad. Ted starts to give him validation as the kit man and making him the assistant coach. Mm -hmm. As soon as Nate starts to feel like Ted's love is not enough, Mm. Rupert steps in and starts giving him the attention he wants. Right. 
So it's not just that Nate is missing out like on his career. It's that Ted could have taught him something about learning to have internal validation and Mm -hmm. not needing Ted to tell him that he's great. And instead he bounced because Rupert was the new shiny thing. The same way that Rupert gets a new shiny wife every few years because Mm -hmm. he can't hang with anything either. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there, there, there's a lot of uh, male hurting happening in this entire episode, show episode, yeah, uh, world, maybe, yeah. Well, you're not wrong, yeah. But I, I think for Nate too. I mean, you know, lots of people commented in season two on his graying. Um, I think you know the way he's. Living and conducting himself is probably a bit more stressful than if he, you know, could learn to chill. But at any rate, um, I think it's, I think his inability to see, one of the things that got us to know that Ted was maybe a little sharper knife in that drawer than people might assume was when he met, uh, when he met Rupert and totally got it. In one night. Yep. Right? Yep. Like that lets you know, like, this guy, he's 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 working a thing here. And to me, the fact that Nate can't see that here puts him at risk, but to me also makes him dangerous because he just doesn't yeah. understand what he's up against. If Rupert Rupert's good at being exactly what has been described, right? Which is like the the guy who shows up at the bar shows you a good time, but he's not going to build a great relationship with you. And I think it's telling that Rupert had right now. This sounds like AFC Richmond's doing better than they had in many a season with Rupert. So if he loved yep. Richmond so much, and he had all the money in the world, and he had this, and he had that, and he could do anything, how come he didn't get Zava or a different Zava at some point? And, yeah. and and make it happen and bring home a trophy. So I think, you know, we, we, we'll we see how this plays out. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but to get back into this scene. Yes. After, after Rupert says that uh, Nate couldn't be hanging around supporting Ted for the rest of his life. He does say, uh, you've done nothing wrong, Nathan, I promise you. Which is good. Bad sign. Yeah, yeah. You, Bad, you definitely it, it, want Rupert approving of your moral choices. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> this this goes back to the idea that if uh, you are a man that I am attracted to, get to therapy immediately. <laughs> right now. Do not pass go. Um, so <gasps> Rupert tells him he earned the job. Uh, Nate smiles. So what do I say when I see him? And what does Rupert you, tell him? You say nothing apart from hello. You look him in the eye, you shake his hand, and then you beat him. Nate nods. And then we go and celebrate, right? So, you know, it's all right, you know, but it's it all feels very gross. And, yes. Right? But why does it feel as gross as it does? Because, it, it, I mean, okay, I mean... Is it just, is it truly just the messenger? Like, we know what this guy is about? Because what he says is pretty like, hey, just the facts, ma'am. You know, like, you've got a job, he's got a job. Yeah. So I think that what it actually comes down to is, I always love just the facts. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, if you need to get something out, stating it as objectively as possible is usually the best way to start. The issue is, what do you consider to be objective? Mm-hmm. So... If Nate feels like he needs to address this with Ted, you could either tell him, well, 
tell him that. Like, say to Ted that you feel weird about how things were left and you hope that you can get along. Or you say, oh, well, you ignore it. You ignore your own feelings on this. Pretend mm-hmm. that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things is that he ends it by saying, and then you beat him. Mm-hmm. So compare that to the way that at the end of season one, Ted said, and then we go out there and we win the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there is something about we go out and we win the whole fucking thing that is unifying it is the entire team that he's focused on and he's focusing on reaching their highest potential Mm -hmm. and rupert is interested in one-on-one petty let's beat this guy or in his case actually let's beat rebecca is what he's right so it's right both of those things are objective but one of them you can be objective and still have a perspective yeah yeah yes and sort of within that perspective that the beauty in my winning is your losing. The yes. beauty in my winning, yes. the, or that there would even be beauty to it. The the point of the whatever the glory of is in my beating you, is in my putting you on the dumb dumb line. It's in my right, like yes. that's the point. As opposed yes. to, can I get to this best version of myself that could possibly win it all? Yeah, you know. And could I bring other people with me as I'm doing that? That's right. Yeah, just yeah. The, the use of the word we, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yep. And then we go and celebrate Nate feeling better. Okay. And then Rupert says, good night, Nathan. And Nathan says, good night, Rupert, which we, you know, call back to when we were in his office. He, you know, we're working mm-hmm. on that. Good job, Nathan. He comes through. He does what he was told. Good night, Rupert. Thank you. Rupert turns and says, Mr. Mannion. See what I mean? What a prick. What a fucking prick. Like, I feel like gaslighting has become a term for any time that anybody's lying ever. And Mm. it should have a narrower version, a narrower definition. I agree. But there are times when people will unwittingly gaslight other people. Mm. That What they'll say is, oh, he didn't mean to say it in that way. He was just joking. Don't be upset. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that is a form of gaslighting. Telling somebody not to be upset about a thing that they're upset about yeah. is a little bit gaslighting. Right. It's just unconscious. This is, I told you to call me Rupert to make you like me. And now I'm asserting my dominance. So you have to call me Mr. Mannion. Yeah. Like it, it's actually almost so past the gaslighting line that you know that he's not even lying about it. Right. Like he's just switching shit up. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and that. For a person as needy as Nate, I mean, is a is 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 an incredibly effective but a, an incredibly brutal way to deal with him because he will continue to try to please, right? Which reminds yeah. me again, this I think that's why I got the puppy thing because it was just yeah, so yeah. right, and it was like, and I know that I have to be no, no, right when it's in the wrong yes. place and when it's in the right place, like oh. Right. And he, and he <laughs> yeah, you know, um, yeah, but I thought, yeah, I thought this was particularly cruel. And just to me said, this is what this relationship is going to be. It's when you behave in the ways I tell you to behave, I will show my pleasure. I will whatever. And when you step outside of that, I will punish you. And we've watched him be this way with Rebecca. Right. I mean, this yes. whole thing is him saying to Rebecca, Mr. Mannion. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it, just because I hate 
uh, ambiguity. I cannot stand it. I need to know what I am supposed to do and how yes. I'm supposed to do it and when it needs to get done. So there is uh, a part of this that Rupert is not saying you need to do this, this, and this and follow these rules. He's saying you do whatever I tell you. If I tell you Rupert one day, then you call me Rupert. And if you, I tell you Mr. Manning another, then you... Th- this isn't about like, is Biggie using the bathroom in the right place? Right. And you're teaching him where right is. Right. You are telling him whatever I tell you is right. And th- that's like, that's so wildly abusive. It's and from to- a boss? Yeah, it's totally abusive. It's totally Holy abusive. Shit. That's, that's, that's the right word. Um, but... In an odd way and in a sad way, Nate would feel, and I, I'm calling him Nate. I know in the in the show notes he's he's Nathan, which I like, maybe we we could talk about that too. But but Nate would feel comfortable with this, right? I mean, in the sad yeah. way that, um, you know, double we know kind of a deal. He knows he knows how to deal with this. Just a little bit of love. Now I take it away. Just a little bit of love. Now I take it away. Um, I'm sure nothing like his father whatsoever. Definitely right. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. And like and 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 like a little and, and the little kid in him, he goes right back yes. to the phone, right? And one of the things I think we've talked about this, but one of the things that I've held on to, I am uh supremely a nerd, which you wouldn't know by the fact that I'm doing <laughs> a deep dive podcast. I mean that's what all the cool kids do, obviously. Um, but no, but <laughs> but I think the the in Stoic philosophy, there's an idea of pursuing things that we can grant ourselves, right? So I could, I would pursue greatness, but not fame because only others can give me fame. And I keep, I mean, I'm obsessing on this maybe, but with Nate, it's this like, he keeps, what he wants is what he first said to Keely, which is, can you make me famous? He he wants to be a part of that, like, right? De facto royalty. It's not that he, I don't think Nate even, really wants to be a great football coach. I think yeah. Nate wants to be regaled. Yes. Yeah. I think he wants to be adored. Right. Uh, number one, great, great callback. I'd almost forgotten about that. So excellent pull on that line. But yeah, I think, I think the saddest part for me about this is that he wants the adoration and apparently never watched a single episode of Behind the Music because ge- becoming famous <laughs> is as much a prison as it is right. like an exalted state. Like right. it fucks you up and doesn't improve any of your mental health issues. No. Uh, so wanting to be famous in order to feel loved seems like he is missing the point so hard that you do feel a little bit sad for him. And and. In a way, and I want to keep us going, but in a way, he hasn't, in my opinion, seen what healthy love looks like. Yes. If that dad's running that house that way, um, yep. if mom is really allowing Nate to be abused, participating in some ways, frankly, yeah, how would he know what it feels like? Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, why? Why? Of course, he misunderstands Keely being nice to him. Like, nobody's oh, ever nice exactly to him. Exactly what I was thinking. Yes, that she was taking care of him in a way that he must have assumed. Yeah, like, was this is what love is? It must You're, be right, and it uh, is what love is. It's just not the please kiss me kind of love. But right, but he exactly. has no. Yes, he has no experience with it. Anyhow, um, so we cut back to the article. Um, Lasso versus the Wonder Kid, and now we see we're in Ted's office, and he's reading the same thing on his phone. 
Um, that did bring me back a bit to my whole, you know, the, the the Star Wars stuff they do. It had been more so with Nate and Keeley, but I felt like that this moment had a bit of that vibe to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but now you see he scrolled down ever so slightly. Um, and the impossibly optimistic line is about him. Impossibly optimistic American coach. When asked how he likes his teams, now Ted closes it, starts thumbing a message to Michelle. Um, think he then. So, what's the, what's this message? Oh well, she says your match is making headlines over here. Good luck! Exclamation point with the link to the article, and he says should be a doozy. Thanks for sending. Obviously, what he's interested in talking to Michelle about this is these are the pressing matters for him. Yeah, I'm a little bit like you know, come on, Michelle, you can't, you can't, you, don't, don't be, don't be texting me about no nonsense, man. <laughs> well, it, yes, absolutely. Like Michelle, wh- what? Yeah. Why would you be doing that? Yeah. Um, a, a little bit. I'm also like, hey, Ted, you don't need to respond to this if it's if it's not what you want to be talking to her right now. Do not do this wallpaper cover up bullshit that you love to do, where you pretend that there's nothing going on that you actually need to be addressing. But in an interesting way, it gives you a glimpse into the relationship, right? That she yep. thought this really horrendous thing had happened and probably what Ted will choose to do is oakley doakley his way past it you know a pun or two and away we go um and I'm so glad that you said that what Ted would choose to do is oakley doakley it because Mm -hmm. I have a lot of suspicions about what their relationship has been like and my guess is when you tell somebody over and over and over again that you are open to communicating, but then don't do anything when they communicate with you, Mm. you are telling them you don't want to communicate. Yeah. So if she says, I want to talk, and he's like, great, let's talk, and Mm then ignores everything she's saying to him, she's going to stop trying to talk to him eventually. Right. And I think we'll get into this more because there's more of it later, but Ted is the one doing the Oakley Doakley. Yeah. Michelle is not trying to fix it anymore. That's right. And I, I think that I think that's worthy of noting, not excusing her or her choices. Nope. But but, nope. In, ter- <laughs> but in terms of where we are, I think that really matters. Now, once we deal with that text, we get a beat that kind of made my jaw drop. So maybe you could tell we could tell talk about what happens then. Yeah, so then after he's looking at Michelle's text and sends his back where everything's great and thanks so much for sending, he scrolls through and he finds some texts from a year and a half, two years ago now, from Dr. Jacob's office. It's listed as Dr. Jacob, but each text, like screen after screen identical says, uh, see you next Wednesday at 10 for our next session. Ted gives it the thumbs up over and over. There's at least four. And then how many? Yeah. We see it going for at least a few yeah. sessions. About a month or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that was gutted. That guy, I felt yeah. gutted after that moment. And and I tried to because I mean I was aware of the betrayal. It wasn't mm-hmm. new news, unethical, even, you know. It even stopped sassy in her tracks for a moment. That's yes. how bad it was. But for some reason, this moment really hurt. Like, it hurt 
my feelings mm-hmm. on Ted's behalf. And I'm not 100% clear why this more so than the the weird Trump phone call or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering what reactions you had here. So I, there were a lot. Um, one of the first things is that this, did you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. Not, not every oh, single okay. episode, but yes. Yes. Okay. So in general, I am against propaganda, but the show was still pretty good. Yeah. There's an episode where um, Sergeant Jeffers, Terry Crews, mm-hmm. uh, an ex-girlfriend shows up to like audit the department or something. Yes. And she hates him. Yes. And Terry's like, I, I did everything right. What was I supposed to do? And then it turns out that he had wanted to break up with her. Her mother passed away, so he delayed it for like 18 months and yes. didn't break up with her until she had recovered from that. Yes. Thinking this is the right thing to do to her. I can't leave her right after her mom dies. Right. Um, but because of a breakup gift that he bought for her, she knew he wanted to dump me 18 months ago. Like, sh- she could tell from the receipt oh. that he bought it a year and a half in the past. And then stayed with her for a year and a half. That's right. I forgot how that came to light, but yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what she was upset about wasn't that he broke up with her, but that he was lying to her for 18 months. Mm -hmm. That he didn't want to be with her and was with her. So this is sort of a different insight into Ted's, Ted being betrayed by both of them. That the relationship they had was... Michelle and I are trying to work out our marriage and you were trying to help. And now, mm-hmm. even if that is what was happening at the time, the, in retrospect, he thinks you guys were falling in love and I was getting kicked out. Yeah. And so I think it's just him going back and thinking like, how many weekends did we do that where we were trying to make it better and it wasn't working? Yeah. 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 I, the, the, yeah there is something feeling like you weren't in on your own relationship that's yes. it's also a bit embarrassing, right? Isn't it sort of like how could I not have seen? Yeah, and we even say mm-hmm. that to people. I mean, the number of times that people have, you know, you know, somebody gets cheated on or whatever, it's like, oh, I thought they were work friends, you know, and and we treat the person as if, oh, well, how could you be so stupid? It's like, well, not stupid. That's called trusting. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Yep. Um. So yeah. So Ted snorts a pained laugh, shakes his head. Um. He's, it's very contemplative. And as he's contemplating, Rebecca shows up at the door. Uh, she looks through the glass. Um, I, I will toss in that for some... that <laughs> uh, Coach Castleton hated Rebecca's hair so much in this scene that he did note yeah. it for us, which I think is like, wow, that is some strong feelings. I would have to go back and look at her hair. As everyone knows, uh, I am a big believer that Rebecca is a full-on woman. And so, oh. yeah, so I, you know, where you hear how you want, honey. Um, anyhow, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have walked you all through that. <laughs> no, I love that. I love it. Um, no, but she opens up and uh, opens up the door to the office and Ted, surprise, please. And Rebecca says... Working late or hardly working? Well, I don't think that's how the joke goes. What joke? <laughs> Never mind. What's up? Uh, again, always sort of commenting on comedy and comedy structure, which I just mm-hmm. enjoy. Nerdy. Okay, we'll keep it going. Although, also, same issue with uh, boss not understanding coach's joke. Entirely different circumstances in this one, though. Rupert didn't get Nate, uh... and then it was weird. You're right. 
Rebecca doesn't get Ted and then they just, they're like, oh, that's, that's fine. fine. Let's move on. That's fine. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, yeah. Great, 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 great call. So, um, so now we've got, uh, Ted, n- never mind what's up. I really want to win this one. Ted smiles like, yeah, no shit. Uh, he says, I know. They share a little nod. She's about to go. And then she gathers something's not quite right. And paralleling the scenes again, Rupert didn't give a shit. Rupert was out of there. And Rebecca does, right? Um, yes. She's watching him and he's looking at his phone. She asks. Everything okay? They have a moment. And then Ted asks, am I a mess? Of course you are. That's why we get on. And they have a laugh together. And then she yeah. comes on in. Mm-hmm. Y- yes, she comes in. And also, this is sort of what I was talking about before with being objective with a perspective. Like, mm. objectively, yes, you are a mess. Like, the divorce, um, uh, I-, I think I've mentioned the band We Were Promised Jetpacks before. Yes. One of my favorites. So there's a line in one of their songs called Keeping Warm. Uh, the line is making plans that you can't keep that you've outgrown, Mm. which feels like sometimes you outgrow your relationship. Sometimes you get married when you're 22 and by the time you're 35 or whatever, you're not the same people and you go your separate ways. That did not happen in Ted's marriage. Ted's marriage broke down because he was a mess. And now he's even more of a mess because he's divorced. Mm -hmm. Like Rebecca is not telling him you're a bad person. Rebecca is saying objectively, I can see on your whole thing, you're a mess. And I like it. I, th- I think it's good. We we get along because of it. Huh. It, yeah, that's a that's a lot of curious versus judgmental. Good good call there. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. That's um. So she says, "Of course you are." That's why we get a- along. Uh, and then she does come in, sits down, or walks into the room at least, so that they can mm-hmm, talk more. Mm-hmm. She says, "And I wish I could tell you to ignore Sass, but she's usually right." So Sassy already told you about the, of course, girl talk. Girl talk. She says again, so is everything all right? Yeah, I'm good. Oklahoma? Uh, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Especially after he was just scrolling and Oklahoma was from a therapy. and (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Also, it's never occurred to me before, but I'm not sure why they would pick a state next door to the state that Ted loves so much to be their, like... Truthful word. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. I, yeah. How did they land on Oklahoma? That's funny. He just says that they did, but yeah, yeah. we're not 100% clear on why they did. Um, yeah. Th- I, but that moment was just oh, beautiful. Yes. Just, yeah. Um, they've got a moment there in Oklahoma. Ted thinks it through. And then he says, I'm a work in progress. Which I'm sort of sad that Castleton isn't here to have to experience that. <laughs> Because even for me a little bit, I was like, oh, progress. Mm. Yeah. Well, it almost felt like even Ted, like even Ted was like, oh, I'm about to hit you with a doozy of a pun here. Yep. Right? Like, you know, like, yep. yeah. That he, that, that, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and just to quote one more song in this very special episode, I think I mentioned before <laughs> Dashboard Confessional as being somebody that played at mm-hmm. Thunderdong. Uh he, so they did the song Vindicated for the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. The way okay. back, the, Kirsten Dunst, Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man yeah, version. Right, right, right. And there's a line where he says, shouts, 
dashboard confessional does not sing anything. Everything is like close to a shout or just full on screaming. Uh, oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that he basically shouts is, um, and I am flawed, but I am cleaning up so well. So I think that there is a lot to be said of knowing I am not great right now, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. it there is some insight mm-hmm. there from Ted, at least, that I don't think Nate would have. Yes. And I'd add to it that it doesn't abandon their essential relationship, right? Like yes. it's a more, it's an advanced version of what we saw, but the whole dialogue they had about, yeah, why do you go to a therapist? Like, you yes. know, do you do that with your friends and blah, blah, blah. I felt like this was a little bit of Ted saying, we're too good of friends for me to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't want to have this conversation. Yep. And actually, I love that. I know that uh, Castleton has complained before about Dr. Sharon's boundaries with her patients, which he registered mm-hmm. as being sort of rude. But I feel like this was Ted saying, yes, I understand what you're saying. You were not the person for me to talk to about this. Especially, I, it might be a little bit weird for Rebecca to be hearing both sides of the interaction from that morning. Yeah, having been uh, uh, the, the, the Rebecca in that kind of a setup before, whew, yeah, whew, yeah, it can get pretty tricky pretty quickly. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that was probably, he probably let her off the hook as much as anything else yes. by not putting her in that position. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so um, Rebecca accepts that. Ted, you know, sort of laughs, acknowledges their moment, but move back. The the music kicks in. She's going to take off. Um, And then Rebecca says, Good night, Ted. You already won, you know. You got that turkey out of your life. And she's like, okay, you Mm -hmm. know, okay. And then she says, Beat them. Not him. Good them. night. Good night, yep. boss. Yes. Yep. I love that you said beat them because it's also a sign. I mean, as much as we've been laughing about Rebecca's, you know, being stuck on this situation and, and how she's being unhealthy, that is actually progress. Yep. Absolutely. Right. On her end of things. So I thought that was great. The other piece for me is Ted has such a hard time. Like, for someone who's chosen sports coaching, he has such a hard time with the idea that it's not, that it's almost like the inverse of, of Nate's problem or, or Rupert's problem, right? Like, winning is all about I'm beating you. Yes. And then there's almost something with Ted where, like, well, let's all yes. win. Yeah. Which, yeah. There's, right? there's, a, there's a tiny touch of, uh, Jill Biden may be inviting both of the women's basketball teams yes. to the White House. Yes, yes. It's got some of that energy yeah. and it's just, it doesn't work. Like, even if what you've said is true, Ted, of course she wants to be West Ham. Yes. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like You want to win every game. It's, that's the point of playing. Like... You don't need to beat your team up. Like, don't need to chastise them if they lose. But you should want to win. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 
curious, but also I'm feeling pretty confident that part of Ted's arc, you know, we started on Ted. We know how these seasons have gone. That part of Ted's arc is going to is going to have to be embracing some of yes. that. That like you're allowed to be angry, you're allowed to fight yes. back. Yeah. Right? Like that doesn't, you know, these aren't things that you have to eliminate to be a loving person. Um but yeah, so he says good night, boss. She leaves the door open. Um and so I will share quickly uh because that choice was made there. That when I was directing uh Dinner for Two, uh there was a scene where the male character's leaving the female character's uh, dorm room. And we shot it a couple times, and something at the end of the scene just wasn't working for me. He says his sort of, like, charming line, walks out, closes the door behind himself, and it's just not working. And then it hit me. I was like, he would never close that door. Oh. And so I went and I told him that. I was like, don't. And I didn't tell her he wasn't going to close the door. And so then she reacted and walked over and we got a great shot of her like at the door contemplating. Right. And it just the scene worked. And so when here the door was left open, I'm I'm not sure there's a lot of people cringing that we may end up with uh, Ted and Rebecca end up together in the end anyway. So I know that that's a touchy subject and I get why it's touchy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it did feel like leaving that door open, she didn't find it open. And I feel like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that was, there was something there. What it is, we'll find yes. out. Yes. If nothing else, it, open doors more often symbolizes opportunity than anything else. So there is yes. something that will come of that, of that openness. We just need to see how mm-hmm. it plays out. Yeah, Absolutely. So Ted's thinking, he's lost in thought, and we cut to the home of West Ham United. Huge screen flashes. Come on, you irons. It's uh, reminiscent of come on, you pippin, you poppin, excuse me. And so we get a slow-mo of, uh, we get a slow-mo of Zava and his headphones, and the music playing there is the opposite of a screaming <laughs> Uh, <laughs> screaming to- the the rebirth of slick. Okay, so I was in college when this song came out, and it was mind blowing. Yes. Like I remember when I first heard this song, I was like, "That may be the coolest thing that's ever happened." It, yes, <laughs> that song was so cool. And uh, when they came off to that music, I just, I, I just, oh man, the smile on my face. It, it, it felt perfect. It felt like. The sh- the shots, the editing, the the it was a perfect sequence. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you're right about everything. If if for some reason you were listening to this right now and haven't heard Rebirth of Slick, just stop and mm. go listen to it right now, and then you could come back. Um, it's yeah. uh, the movie Super Bad. I think is actually still really funny, however many years out. But there's a part right, where right. Jonah Hill's character says to Michael Sarah something about. It's like the first time you hear the Beatles. And I thought, no, mm. it, it, there is nobody my age or younger that remembers the first yeah. time they hear the Beatles. Like the Beatles yeah. are just here. This is right. sort of my right. coming into my teenage years and thinking like, well, this is the song that you are cool to. Like th- this is just it. It's it's yeah. the coolest. If you need to yeah. do something, it's to this song. 
And, and you know, they always do such a great job with music, but I just thought that was like, e- even for yes. them, that was pretty amazing. Zava flashing his peace sign to the press. We've got the coaches walk. I mean, they just couldn't be any cooler. And, and then, and then, of course, we have Will end the coolness by tumbling down the stairs of the bus with these duffel bags. And what I loved about that was... Yes, he gave us a laugh, but it was for me, it was a laugh and a lovable oh will. Yeah. Like it wasn't like mocking no. him. No, 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 no. Yes. Right? Because the truth of the matter is he's carrying those bags so that in a way, so that they can walk yeah, so that in they such can be a cool. cool way. He's facilitating right? their cool. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. also so I, I don't yeah. think that anyone on the team would make fun of him for falling. Like I imagine Zava no. would walk over and be like, "Oh shit, let me carry one of these for you." Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Which like, yeah, interesting. Yes, I, I feel like even Will would be like, it, it, in a way that Nate would never be able to laugh at himself in this situation. Oh no, Will can. And and Will waves to them, yes. right? I could see Nate like rushing through there and being horrified and saying, "No, he didn't trip. He was checking under the bus for a bag." I mean, right? What? And and wait, you know, Will's like, yeah, yep, hi, I'm, you I know, hi. I may very well fall again. I don't look like I've really got the whole running with these bags thing. There, nailed. there's a reason that he's the kit man and not the star player. Like walking with bags might not be his thing. Who knows? <laughs> so, so yeah, so loved all this. Um, we've got the tumble out, so we'll see how this all goes. How cool is this whole visit to West Ham going to be? Um, the other side of London Stadium now where Keely and Rebecca are entering and Keely's a bit nervous. Oi, do I look all right? Rebecca, of course you do. Why? And we've got uh, Keely saying, well, if Jack actually shows up, I want him to think I look mysterious and powerful. Dynamic, you know. I thought that was a, a callback yes. to, uh, yes. right, when we were saying what girls, what girls are. are yes. yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Just that's exactly what I thought, too. It was um, episode nine of season one. Uh, yes. All apologies, where they're talking about what girls are. They're mysterious. They're how Keely says something about how it was after she uh, took a, a, a shit in somebody's locker. Yes, and didn't get go to the party, but then they were fine. But then they were fine. Yeah. Yes, uh, and so little right. uh, Ted has stopped trying to figure out girls. They are mysterious mm-hmm. and cool and fun. So we get another three things: mysterious, powerful, and dynamic. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. So anyhow, I'm glad we both thought of it because I was like, "Am I doing too much nope. here?" But I thought it was there. Um, so Rebecca does say, "You are mysterious, powerful, and dynamic." Keely takes that in. Shit, I'm nervous. I think I need to go and reapply my lip liner, which is also mm-hmm. quite a callback, and I thought was hilarious. Um, yep. <laughs> I don't know that there's much to say on that. I just thought it was very funny. Yep. Yep. Um, especially starting the sentence with shit, yes. I'm nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? But, yeah, al- I thought, although yeah. I, do, I do like the way that Keely was... This is an inside joke now. Like, she was telling Rebecca yeah. that she understood. So, yes, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Rebecca gets it. I'll see you upstairs in the suite. Keely, yep, she turns. And so now Rebecca turns. And again, Rupert, <sighs> I mean, it is quite Darth Vader-y, like the way they introduce him in the scenes. Yes. But yeah, got it. it. Well, 
she turns around and Rupert says, hey, Rebecca. And he says, Rupert, it says, wonderful to see you. To which Bex says, hi. And Rebecca says, Bex, love the new hair. Completely ignoring his wonderful to see you. I'm not going to acknowledge yeah. that shit from you, sir. I'm not doing no, this. No, I'm not doing this with I'm not you. doing this. Um, yeah. Bex, in, to her credit, says, I haven't changed my hair. And Rebecca says, nor should you. It's perfection. So how's the little one? Love that. She's so smooth. Go. So smooth. Just Right? Like, That's exactly the word I was going to use. We are not yep. going to get hung up on any of this bullshit. I, I do like there is an extent to which she is taking Deborah's advice from the end of season two, where Deborah was like, yes. you can't let him get under your skin. Like, in yes. order to beat him, you make sure that he knows that you don't give a fuck about him anymore. So. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I thought that, nailed that. Also, there's a level, well, the two things happening in the scene that I think are refreshing and, uh, and, and I think will really contribute to the narrative. One is that Rebecca and Bex are being quite pleasant to one mm-hmm. another. And, and not in a, I mean, you know, obviously the hair thing was just a nice thing to say. She hadn't changed her hair, moving on, right? But I thought, like, the energy between them was not the sort of stereotypical, oh, she's the new wife, screw her. Yes. Yeah, just wondering if you, you had any thoughts on that. Please. No, I think, actually, the, one of the things that the show does really well is have women not compete with each other. So Sassy and mm-hmm. Keely are never going to compete for Rebecca's affection. They love each other. Keely... Mm-hmm. And Shandy are never actually going to fight over petty things about the job. They're going to talk about the job. But Shandy wasn't like, oh, well, you left us and never came to any of our weddings. Um, Mm -hmm. In this same way, like, right now, Bex is married to Rupert. But Rebecca was in her position and knows what that's like. So they're not, she's not going to fight with Bex on it. And Bex doesn't really have any good reason to. I mean, she could be a total bitch and be mean to her husband's ex-wife who he cheated on, but it seems like even new Bex is not that bad of a person. Yeah. No, she's, it's interesting because I think similarly, you know, similar to Rebecca, I should say, excuse me. She met a guy, right? Like the fact that he used to be married to Rebecca, like they were fully not, we watched it happen. So we know of all the bullshit that's gone down, you know, Bex had met, a, a man who was not in a committed relationship. Like she actually hasn't done yes. that thing. Um, so, so, uh, so they go a little further. Uh, oh yeah. Diana is already walking. Can you believe that? Oh yeah. Oh, how's the little one? Yes, pulling off. No, no, ahead, no, no yeah. sorry. Ahead, I just ate. Well, she said, how, so how's the little one? It's, oh, it's right. just okay. that Rupert is so terrible that he says, oh yeah, Diana, as if, Oh, I'm remembering my daughter, correct, sure. Uh, is already walking, can you believe that? Yeah, drooling and pooing around the house. There's something about the way that he says, uh, already walking, can you believe that? We saw baby Diana at uh, Rebecca's dad's funeral mm. al- almost a year ago. I- I- at least a season yeah. ago. Like, right. we saw the end of the season. There has been some time in between there. Um, right. Yes, Rupert. Actually, your two-year-old child should be walking. <laughs> also, though, 
You can't even give an update on your kid yeah. that's genuine. Yeah. Walking in That was meant to say, we have, what? What are you talking about? Basically, it was, I'm going to talk about my kid now because I know that the fact that I even have a kid is hurtful. Yep. yep. Right? Yes. Like, that, like, I don't know what you say about your kid. And I've, you know, I used to get on stage and talk about how bad my kids are. My kids are never going to be so I'm not saying, you know, like, it's fine. I think when people say fuck them kids, I think that's hilarious. I yes. get why some people don't. I just think it's very funny. But this was th- this wasn't even that energy to me. Like, this was just like, nee, 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 yes. nee, I have a kid. Yep, exactly that. Sorry. And also there's something, you know, like up until they're about three years old, you refer to children in the number of months that they are. So you'll get to the point where moms will say, oh, well, she's 20 yes. months. And like, yes. you need to do the math to figure out how old that is. But <laughs> not only does Rupert not know that you say she's 18 months right. old, what he doesn't know is, right. is she 18 months old? Like, he's naming 100%. two things that he knows that babies do, drooling and pooling. And not the best yeah, part of you the could, and not And yes, that doesn't tell me you enjoy the yes. kid. Because he's a prick. Because he's a god-awful prick. Right. Yeah. So, but Bex's response Oof. takes after her father. Whoa. Yes. I I might like Bex. Hi, he I, I'm liking her more and more. Yeah, I like that maybe she's giving him a, a little something back. I don't love when uh she stood by him in the pub scene, the darts from season one, when he was saying all that horrible yeah. shit about Rebecca. But maybe she's growing yeah. too. Well, Probably she's awfully freaking young. She was she's yes. in law school last we talked. Jeez. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, it makes sense. But I thought I thought her giving him shit was great, and I think it points to the you know the real hole in his game, which is he's as insecure as Nate. Yes. Yep, absolutely. You see what yes. I mean? So he knows how to get Nate in part because he's as insecure as Nate. He cannot take this joke. No. Yeah. And one of the other things is he is just like Nate, but he has learned how to gather the adoration to sufficient levels that he doesn't hate himself all the time. But he doesn't feel good about himself. No. Like. Can't. No. Can't. That's what all the buying of the, you know, buying out the bar is about, right? I mean. Yep. We saw how loyal they were to him, even because as soon as Rebecca brought out the bar, she was the most popular person in town. So they don't, they're like, it's yes. all bullshit. Yes. He, he cannot sustain it. So he's getting by on what he can't have. But I don't know, man. Now you have a wife that makes fun of you and a kid that you don't care about. Like, that's only hurting you, actually, sir. Like, yeah. Who's, who's the winner here? So Rupert. Uh, does not appreciate uh, the the Bexes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just coined that Bexes TM. By the way, uh, no, uh, but the <laughs> but no, the, but the the Bexes enjoy a, a little laugh at his expense. He's not going to have that. Well, hey, take it easy on us today. Ah, uh, no promises. Oof, the two of them and their uh, just. How many ways can we say, fuck you, fuck you more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, like, it's it's pretty, it's very, it feels very British to me, and it is very funny. Yeah. Uh, John Oliver likes to say a lot that British people have a black belt in passive aggression, so I, I trust yes. him on that. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, 
apropos of nothing, well, I guess apropos of what you just said, I saw a meme the other day that said, I'm not passive passive aggressive, unlike some people. And I just, (laughs) I will never, I will never bore of that joke construction anywhere you can find that. Like people say I'm condescending. Condescending means you talk down to people. Like I just never. Yes, yes. Love it. I just yes. love that joke. I just always love it. Okay. Um, so now we're with Keely in the bathroom, which stands out in the history of the show, yeah. no? Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen anybody even entering a bathroom. It's never been addressed yeah, I before. I, I mean, they've... Yeah, yeah. I, well, it, actually, we have seen Nate in the bathroom at Taste of Athens, but not for the facilities for the mirror. I'd like right, right. Actually, using the toilet. No, this is a first. So yeah, I thought it was yeah. It it it's it, like I did um you know that little head when your head moves back a little bit in surprise. Yes. So <laughs> I was like, oh okay. Um, so yeah, so so yeah. Walk us through Keely Keely's trip to the the the, the to the loo. Oh, I'm wrong. It is, does not stand alone. Zava at the urinal. Oh shit! We already forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's interesting. So, but yes, but we're here. We're here with Keely now. Here we go. Oh, okay. Well, now we're going to talk about one other thing after this. But um, okay. Uh, so Keely's in the bathroom. She looks down, realizes that she's gotten her period, and very she is not through with Roy yet. Says fuck a lot like him. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she sort of, you know. It, not knocks, but to her neighbor, she says, uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, I've got a bit of situation here. And now this is something that I don't know if this is British culture or if this is Midwestern culture. Like, I don't know which one of us okay. is weird. I wouldn't have said I have a situation. I would have said, hey, do you have a tampon? And so I don't know. Oh. It, it, which I bring up only because... The uh, person next door wordlessly hands her a clump of toilet paper, which is mm-hmm. also a thing that can happen. But that's why I specify. Sure, 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 sure. sure. And she says, yeah. oh, right. Like it's. Yeah. It, but is that the equivalent of lip liner? So uh, You know what I mean? I mean, like, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, because I feel like we recorded that episode a few weeks back. But either I am uncomfortable I either I'm not comfortable enough to tell someone I'm going to go use the facilities for that I don't need a lip liner mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say I'll be back don't worry or mm-hmm. I know the person so well that I'm just telling them that I'm gonna go dump out like that's gonna be there's no mm-hmm. in between for me either we're best friends yeah. and you know this or you don't need to know where I'm going don't worry about anything it. yes right 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 so anyway uh <laughs> Yeah, so maybe this is her trying to be, like, especially, this is technically her job, I guess. Maybe at work I would be a little more. Maybe. But who knows. Um, Anyway, she says, oh, thank you, but actually not that. And the hand comes back with the tampon because women do read each other very well in bathrooms. I will give us that. All right. She says, oh, you're a lifesaver. And the woman laughs. She says, usually I'm like clockwork, but I've been so stressed. I've come on early. Oh, and I'm so happy that it's a super and not a skinny. Who are those even for? It's not like my vagina's on a diet. I'm on my fucking period. It is good. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was like, because this is totally me, like, <laughs> here, here, 
is an exchange. <laughs> like, I was never going to be a part of yeah. a party to, yeah. a witness to. So I'm just sort of watching this going, this is fucking fascinating. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Okay. So, yeah. So, go. It, yeah. And no, just that, um, you know, women's bodies are all different. People who menstruate have different flows and all that other stuff. But there's a lot of the time when if somebody hands you a tiny little thin, a panty liner, which even has one of the worst names I could think of. They hand you a panty liner. You're like, well, thanks. This is going to buy me 30 seconds of <laughs> of no blood time. And then I'm going to need to figure something else out because this is not going to cut it. It's not going to do it. No, this is not going to get it done. So I like that oh, she man. was acknowledging that. Uh yeah. The the woman laughs again. She's clearly enjoying the bathroom talk. And as she gets up and leaves, she Keely says, Oi, thanks for helping me. And I love your shoes. Cut to some bedazzled white. I believe that there mm-hmm. was Velcro involved. They're very fancy yes. tennis shoes. Gym shoes. Yeah, a lot going on. A lot going on. on. They're great. Yeah. And the woman says, Oh yeah, thanks. Pay it forward. And Keely says, Yeah. So, okay. So one of the things I, and I really did like this scene for a number of reasons, but for one of the reasons was menstruation, especially amongst guys, I think it has changed some over the years. This is mm-hmm. less true than when I was a kid, certainly. But like, I remember at one point my mother talking about menstruation in front of me with my friend who was a girl, her mom, and her mom being clearly uncomfortable with the fact that I was present as this conversation was happening, right? And I just remember my mom sort of asserting in that moment, like, yeah, I talk about it in front of him. And and that being the energy. So I know it's a thing. And there was something about the casualness in this moment. Mm -hmm. Because it's not some huge, right? Like, I mean, every 28 days or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like, so I don't know. There was something about the way they interacted around it that I found, like, it, it, I, it was it was hard to believe. Like, I was like, women wrote this. Like, <laughs> truly wrote this. Yes. Like, I, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, had to have given, like, the real vibe because it was not, it, it just wasn't treated like, oh my God, what am I going to do? A, right? A, yes, absolutely. So, Whoever it was has been in this situation before, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. Even, like, especially one of the worst things. No, I shouldn't say that at all. One of the uh, side effects of having, like, all the payment apps and everything on credit card and everything else, there are still quarter-operated machines in a lot of bathrooms. This is it. This is it. Like, I... I will give you $10 if I could, but I'm never going to have a quarter on me. (laughs) So it's actually become even more relevant that you need to be like, hey, can you help a sister out? Because I like, I I can't, it won't take my debit card. I don't know what to do with this thing. Right. What should I do now? Interesting. Yes. But also I do love that your mom would talk to you about this stuff. My, um, my younger brother, I'm one of five. I'm on the older side Mm -hmm. and I have uh, a younger brother and then a youngest after that, like six years later, Mm -hmm. the younger one, it was my mom, obviously my older sister, me, my younger sister, my brother. So by the time that he was around, like surrounded by women, like he's known Mm. this shit his entire life. 
And so now when like <laughs> he has a daughter himself and I know he'll be great with it. And like, he's great with his mm-hmm. wife and you cannot, he does not get squicked out about periods or pregnancy or anything else. And that is the way that people should be. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> if you're a man yeah. or not. It's yeah. just a period. Like, it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we could get into a, a, whole, a whole thing, thing and probably shouldn't. But I, I think, you know, that plays into all the, like, you know, go away, you're unclean kind of energy around women's bodies <sighs> oh, and how women's bodies work. And, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, every time yeah. that I get an Instagram ad about how I need to steam clean my vagina, I want to punch somebody oh, because... God. Um, but, but one of the things that doesn't sound super comfy, by the way, but not comfy and also not good for you. Don't do there were. Oh, I should find the old school ads and just send them to Castleton. No explanation that right. from the 40s and 50s to housewives that if you want to keep your husband happy, you need to douche with Lysol. These are this is it. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes, exactly. We have been doing horrible things to vaginas for a long time for no good reason. So, yes, the stuff about being unclean is just it like that needs to die so, so, so fast because it's so bad for us. Yeah, that's gross. Lysol. Lysol. Wow. Lysol. Yes. Wow. Wow. So we 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 wrap up with Keely, you know, with her yeah, sort of contemplative. That was a cool moment. Whoever that woman is with her bedazzled shoes, she was cool too. Um, then we cut to Ted getting on an elevator. Now this fancy stadium and and all this this is supposed to represent uh, London Stadium, which was built for the Olympics and is where West Ham moved. But their vibe before this was uh, much more of a blue-collar kind of vibe. So there was a little bit of a feeling of, like, what are we doing moving into that, you know, shiny new place um, when we should be playing in the old one? This is a thing for for a lot of different teams. I know here in America it's a huge thing, too, of, like, what you lose when you move from the old sweatbox to the new fancy place. Um and yeah, there's a lot around that anyway, mm-hmm. otherwise of how these stadiums get built. But I thought I, I just finding that out, I found interesting that uh, even this team is sort of like stepping into this new Death Star space. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I do think like, what does that say about them? Their connections with a, a more blue collar background? Is it going to translate into the new place? All those things. What I'll say is that... Uh, Old Comiskey Park here in Chicago was mm-hmm. torn mm-hmm. down, I want to say 93, but I would need to check that. Mm-hmm. I'm not being a good Sox fan right now. And the new stadium was <laughs> built right across the street. They switched where the parking lots were so that they could build the new stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the stadium now, the one that I refer to as The Cell, because that's the sponsorship that owned it when they won the 2005 uh, championship. Right. U.S. Cellular one. Field. Right, right, yes, right, right, yes, right. yes. Uh, Or Comiskey Park, whatever one. Uh, That is in comparison to its north side neighbor, Wrigley, which has been around forever. And there is a lot of beauty to it. It has the ivy. It's in, uh, people refer to it as a cute neighborhood. I refer to it as the place in Chicago I don't like to go to. It's fine. Um, (laughs) So I understand the allure of Wrigley, but also having watched a game there, the facilities do mm. suck. 
You have to walk Mm -hmm. a lot to get to the bathrooms. The bathrooms are bad. Mm -hmm. Not all the seats are great. Like, there's a trade-off. We build buildings a little bit better in some ways now. So, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I find myself, you know, I am getting to be a, a legitimate gray gray beard. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> like I am I am legitimate. And so I do more like I do find myself often baseball's a great example. This isn't a stadium thing, mm-hmm. but for me it's a thing. I get why interleague play happened. I get it. I hate <laughs> it. In my heart. If I if I'm if I'm honest, yes. if I'm gonna be honest, I hate that it happened. I think it was really special that the All Star Game and the World Series were the only time we saw that. Mm-hmm. I love that it was two different. Th- I I that worked for me. It really really worked for me. Actually, the newer the this year's season the rules uh, haven't impacted me as much. I also haven't watched the full game, so we'll see. But th- this there is. I get where a fan base would say, but but this is our home. Yes. Yeah. The, the, this is where we play. This is... This is where we play, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like even um, on uh, Welcome to Wrexham, which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds bought the team in Wales. They right. wanted to keep their stadium because it had been maybe the... I think it's the oldest operating football club in all of the UK mm. and they had their original mm-hmm, field mm-hmm. and then they were like, Oh, I don't know if we could keep this. So like, I don't know. And this is yeah, yeah. not to get it too symbolic with the other stuff going on the show, but what do you give up in order to become who you want to be? And Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm echoing uh, this really um, brilliant coach slash uh, life coach who said that to me. <laughs> Am I willing to give up who I thought I wanted to be in order to become who, am I, who I'm becoming? Mm-hmm. Wow. Good memory. Mm-hmm. Good memory. Go mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like how much do you leave behind in order to progress? And it's, it's going to be a question for everybody. And this is just a very physical manifestation of that. Yeah, no, that's a great, great call. And yeah, I think there's a lot of that. And I think there's some of that for Ted, right? I mean, like Ted... Is literally not in Kansas yes. anymore. I mean, like that doesn't feel like a coincidence. And yeah, it's, so I think there's a lot of that going on. Keely too, yes. right? Keely's gone from a you know kind of a social media kind of influencer to like well, <laughs> the, the 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 head of this you know this new venture. Yeah, even um, very beginning of season one, she tells Rebecca, "I'm kind of famous for almost being famous." For being almost famous. Mm-hmm. And and now she is the person who is making other people famous behind the scenes. So, yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, so, so Ted jumps in the elevator at the last minute and uh, goes full on progressive commercial. For those of you who've seen that the progressive commercial with a guy who has to be trained uh, of how to ride an elevator without being super annoying and becoming his parent. Uh, Ted goes, whoa, you're turns to a guy next to him. Whoa, you're tall. Was your dad a tree or something? And then he says, I'm just screwing around. I mean, that was painful. Like I, I make a lot of room for Ted's humor. I'm probably the last one on this show to get annoyed. And that was hard. Yes. That's a lot. That's so I do have a couple of like go-to lines in my head if I get onto an elevator at work and somebody I know gets on with me so that we could chat on the way yeah. down. 
Sure. If there are multiple people in the elevator, we can all be quiet. You don't need to say anything to anybody. So turning to a random guy and saying, was your dad a tree or something? You don't need to, Ted. This this situation does not call for you right now. You don't need to put on your Ted for it. You could just sit there being nice and quiet. What what did he think that guy, like... (sighs) Yeah, the, like, I love that you said that the situation doesn't need you because it was it, that's what it felt like to me. It's like to what end? Like, let's say the guy was like, "Oh my god, that's hilarious!" Like, so okay, so like yes. what? What? So yeah, I thought that <laughs> I was like Ted. So maybe that's Ted being nervous. Also, that could be it. But I just thought I was like as is in the the sort of the uh, range of his jokes that was pretty yeah. awful. Only to be uh, outdone oh god. by his next joke. Hey, speaking of trees, who y'all rooting for today? Oh, my God. Ouch. Oh, God. I'm starting to understand Dr. Jacob. I get it a little bit now. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Ted. You're a good guy. But what the fuck? Jesus Christ, man. What is this? So he, he, he asked their question. Uh, they all say West Ham without, hesi- you know, without hesitation. Um, but also without a lot of joy. It, Very quick. Yeah. 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 It sounded like a, an elevator full of people who knew the right answer mm-hmm. more than it sounded like a room full of people who were going to experience any joy that day. Um, Ted, yeah, no, that makes sense. The elevator dings. We get everybody getting off the elevator, and then the and Ted, of course, holds the door for them all. Because I mean, if you're willing to drive your own Uber, you're certainly going to hold the <laughs> elevator door. And then um, he's got to go one more floor. And as he steps to the side with the elevator doors closing, what do we see? We see it's someone. We don't see their face yet. Their back is to us. But the gray hair and the black suit shows us that Nate is literally cowering in a corner. Because he's so unwilling I mean, to face Ted. And especially because of the dumb dumb line. Yes. It, it, it's he has he's like he it's almost like a different way of looking at the puppy thing where that thing where dogs have done something. Uh, Biggie doesn't have a conscience yet. So that's oh, fine. Good for him. But. <laughs> Actually, no. He's very sweet, but 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 when, but you know that look like when dogs know, like they know what they did. Yes, was not okay. And to me, him facing the corner like that felt like that. Like it was like such a like classic punishment of a kid. Did yes. his father make him stand in the corner? Like what was that? Yeah, no. Just I, like I believe he literally cowered when Ted got in. So he was hoping yes. the people would hide them, and then just couldn't. Correct. After that, like he was hiding, and so he was going to have to stay hiding. And you know, so he's he's facing the corner, you know, just shame personified. But I love, <laughs> I love that even after the elevator's closed, I mean, empty, he he stays as if like a again, like a child. If I can't see him, he can't see can't me. see me. Yes, if I don't look at him, it's not going to happen. And, uh, and yeah. one of the weirdest things, not weirdest, as a uh, woman who lives in a large metropolis area, mm-hmm. what you need to do, Nate, if you're going to try this in the future, is you get headphones and you pretend that you're pumping yourself up before the match. What you do not oh. do is just stand there and acknowledge that you're hiding. 
<laughs> he says hi. Well, oh. Nate, true to, to, I mean, Ted, true to how he's being about it. Hey, Nate, is that you? Is that you? What the fuck are you talking about, Ted? Who else is it going to be? Okay. You, you and can then see him. Equally Jesus. absurd is Nate's response, which is. Uh, hi, I, I didn't see you there. What in the wonderkind oh. kind of fucking response is that? I mean. <laughs> what is happening with these two? What is this? Oh, this is what happens when, uh, who was I listening to? Maybe it was just a, a, a tweet that I read. I can't remember right now. And I'm going to, when I am able to remember it enough to look it up, I am going to talk about this again. But among other things, among having two men who seem to have been destroyed in a few ways by their fathers, who are unable uh, to correct directly address any of the issues facing them, uh, there was a woman who was saying, men don't tell each other anything. That she knew two guys, she, she like somehow she knew these two guys that knew each other also, but the three of them had never hung out. Mm-hmm. And so they went out and she said like, so how are the wedding plans going to her one buddy? And the other guy was like, oh shit, you're engaged? Congratulations, <laughs> man. She was like, wait, you guys are closer friends than we are. You two know have known each other for six years. We just yes. met. That is great. Why do you not know he's engaged? So a lot of this is like they neither one of them could own up to what they're doing. But also men just don't talk. If women are talking, men aren't talking. And I don't understand it. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, there's a lot. There's yeah, there's a ton to unpack there. But we're taught to. Right. I mean, we're taught like you're not allowed because when you talk, I mean, and, and this is a real thing. I will say this. As a guy who can be, you know, quite quite sensitive, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, sometimes when you reveal that, you 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 get, you know, yes. you get reminded that that's not how you're supposed to do things. And I feel like Nate Nate's moment with Rupert of saying like, "Man, it's gonna be awkward." This yeah. moment, this exact yes. moment, he was trying to figure out how to handle this moment, and instead of figuring out how to do it in the most intelligent way, Rupert gave him the how to be an asshole manual. But he's not an asshole. Like that's yeah. the problem with Nate. He keeps trying to be things he's not, and he that has no idea what he actually is. Yeah. So he can't be an asshole in the way that because Rupert pulls it off just fine in a minute. Yes. No, Rupert can do it. This is uh, the the line about how toxic masculinity and patriarchy prefers men, but harms everyone. Yes. So, like, y- yeah, Rupert is seen as the hotshot in the news for, or the media for cheating on Rebecca. But Rupert's life sucks. And yeah. Nate can't own up to what he has said about somebody that he used to consider a good friend. And Ted can't get his shit together to be like, hey, buddy, that stuff sucked. Like That was some bullshit. That was some bull. Or even if he's going to do it in the Ted way, what he says is, hey, is that you? And Nate says, oh, I didn't see you there. And then they both just, he's like, oh, hey, how you been, man? And Nate mumbles, and then they stop talking. So Yeah, he, he says, oh, that's okay. Like, oh, that's okay. God they agree damn. to bullshit. They agree to it. They agree to the bullshit. It's even, there are some, like, professional level bullshitters that you could find yeah. out there. One of the things that they somehow managed to do is weave in enough truth during the bullshitting that everybody feels good walking away from it. 
There is a version of Ted that is so good at this that he says, you know, I saw the press conference. I just want you to know, no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. Where even if Ted is not going to acknowledge that Nate hurt him, because he's going to deal right. with that with Dr. Sharon later by himself. Right. What right. he does is clear the air with Nate so that their relationship could continue in that way. And he can't even do that. Right. I hope you appreciated that material I gave you on me being, you know, so corny or whatever. Like something to acknowledge. Something. Right? Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I saw your jokes. Like, listen, I get it. Yeah. No, I thought, yeah, I think you're, you're on that. So we, we have the awkward looking and then, um, we're, 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 we're dealing with the two of them and Nate being awkward. And then Ted, uh, turned with his hands in his pockets toward the door. Nate has his hands locked in front of him, you know, in his all black suit. So this is, we're seeing it. This is Richmond. Yep. This is West Ham. This is all the things right here and now. Uh, they just stand there. Then Nate's guilt, you can see it building up in him, overwhelms him. He turns and he says, Listen, Ted. All right, Ted turns to him and he continues. I just wanted to say the way that I left. Ding! Mm. The and door he- opens and, yeah. Rupert says, Nathan, there you are. Okay, th- for me, this was as close to like the true mystical element of the Star Wars portion as yes. we've really bumped into because it felt like the like the force or whatever he knew who was on that elevator he knew what was happening on that elevator and he yes. had come to put a fucking stop to it yep yeah, this was it, it. Like, if there is magic, this was an instance of magic happening, so that Rupert could come in and make sure that neither Ted nor Nate actually had any sort of growth or a, a acknowledgement of the importance the other person played in their life. Right. None of that. Right. We are going to come suck you right back into the dark side, Nate. Come with me. And you know, it's. I like that you said that piece about acknowledging the impact on each other's life. I had a situation, and it comes up around this time every year because it's around the time that it happened. But um, basically, I'd been doing some some work for somebody building a sports program, and details aside, um, it was clear to me that I needed to to move on. But the person was upset with me because I, you know, not to be not humble or whatever, but I'm a really good coach, and it helped them mm-hmm. build a thing. So the person was upset and I said, okay, well, we should talk at some point. And they sent me, you know, like this long text of all the reasons they were upset with me. And I wrote back and I've never heard from the person again. Wow. I just remember being like, wow. Wow. Like I went to your grandmother's funeral, yo. Like this is like. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like, even if you think I just did the worst thing, I just made the worst decision. I, like, I, we have been through some things. Wait, yeah. Are you serious? Oh, and yeah. God. Like, and it's been like, it's been three, actually it's three years now. And I've just been, every time I think about it, like, I'm not even angry. I'm just stunned. Yes. Yeah. Like, no. wow. Like, really? Yeah. I, I luckily haven't had any friendship breakups in a long time now but especially high school and college there was a lot mm-hmm, of it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't we grew apart it was like there were a couple of friends where 
they very intentionally stopped the communication. And I was like, right. All right. So we're not friends anymore. Okay. That's what we're doing. Right. And so it no longer like it's been so many years now. It -hmm. was half of my lifetime ago at this point that it's not that it like still hurts. It's nothing like that. Like I have moved on. It's fine. Right. But, um, oh man, here I go quoting a musical again. I don't actually like (laughs) musical theater. I don't know why I know so many musicals, but in Wicked, uh, Mm -hmm. the last song is the two women basically singing to each other about how important their friendship has been to each other. Mm. And it's called for good. And the chorus is, um, who can say if I've been changed for the better, but because I knew you, I've been changed for good. And we don't have enough shit that acknowledges, like, even in romantic breakups, like, Mm -hmm. only very healthy, functional breakups will you say, like, we didn't work out, but you meant a lot to me, and I am happy about that. Like, we as a as a society, we are nowhere near getting to that level where we could say, yeah. like, you, we didn't work, but I'm not angry. Like that that is actually one of my favorite things about my. I'm actually serious about my life is for the most. There's there's, there's, an, there's an exception. There's a couple. Of, there's maybe yeah, a couple. There's gonna be a couple. But 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 generally speaking, yeah. Anyone I you know dated or whatever, like. I've been able to be friends with and to, and to, I think, express what you just said. And I'm glad. Like, this yeah. is sort of like a cool, like, hey, look, you know, I would never have known about this band or maybe you helped me yes. understand whatever. But yeah, that, yeah, it's, I think it's possible to say this isn't going to work. That doesn't have to me. It's more in the vein of, um, damn, I'm trying to think of a, a good example didn't come to me, but. It's not even better to have loved and lost because that's sort of like adding a whole element to it. It's just acknowledging you as a human, like yes. just acknowledging that piece. And and you weren't just, you know, my girlfriend or my this or my that. It was. Yes. That, right. There will be a positive association with the time we spent together, even if yes. the time is over. Yes. And even if there were some not so nice times that yes. made it over. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, now, so yeah. Bear in mm-hmm. mind that you have been able to do this with most of your relationships. All of my exes moved to Asia. So I could like. <laughs> Did you have mentioned that. Good. <laughs> because, like, just because I say it doesn't mean I can practice it. I know it. I just can't make it happen always. Uh, it's funny. I love it. I love it. They're still there. They, they've started a support group. They're trying to figure oh, out yeah, what they're going to no. do now. What do we do now? How do, we can't go back. We can't ever go back. It's fine. Uh, all right. So we the we've got uh, Palpatine in this full Palpatine Oof. saying, "Hey, get over here, Vader." So uh, Nate, of course, scurries out. Dad is upset. New dad uh, doesn't mm-hmm. like us talking to old dad. And Ted walks off the elevator and. Once Nathan's gone, we have Ted say, hey, Rupert. Oof. Rupert says, Ted. Nice to see you again. And uh, much like Rebecca was not going to acknowledge that from Rupert, Rupert is not going to acknowledge that from Ted. And instead he says, good luck, and turns to leave. And this is the piece Ted, like, refuses to get. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Right? That what did he, he think was about to happen? They were going to, like, yuck it up in that hallway? Like, 
He wants to rip out your throat. Yeah. He wants to rip out your throat. And also, so the thing about Rebecca refusing to acknowledge that Rupert has bothered him, or bothered her, I should say, that like, don't mm-hmm. let him get under your skin, you're doing well, is that what Rupert wants from Rebecca is for her to be extremely upset, to lash out, to yes. yell at him the way that yes. uh, she did when he said, Bex is having a baby. Like, Yes. For that wants, was a win. Yeah, that yes. was a win for him. Yes. He doesn't think of Ted in that way. He only thinks of Ted as a yokel to be beaten. So Ted doing this like, oh, well, you're not going to bother me. I'm Mr. Sunshine. I was keep moving on, keep it on. He, Rupert doesn't care about that. You, yeah. can, you can play the game in this way where Rebecca refuses to acknowledge and that's mm-hmm. how she wins. But he's mm-hmm. playing the wrong game with Rupert. Like, that's right. You fucking beat him in, tarts, in darts, Ted. That's what you yeah. do with him. Yeah. And it, actually, that's that's also interesting because, excuse me, the darts moment showed that he knows that he knows how what to, do. to do it. So what's going on here? What's all this like, hey, we're all big, one big family just happened to be on two teams. Like, what is happening? Yes. Um, yeah. So um, Ted watches the watches Rupert Lee. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that even in the dart scene, he says, uh, you take your darts pretty seriously over here. Oh, what's that game? That sounds like a, a That's cookie. Right. Oh, yeah. sno- Snooker. Yeah. I just, he calls him Rupadoop. Like, what yes. do you say, Rupadoop? Like, he is trying to get under his skin in that scene. And I don't know why yes. he's not doing it here. Yeah. I, it's an interesting, I think it's, yeah, an extension of this thing he's got going with Nate. Um we do, you know, so Ted's got to go to his locker room. Why didn't he? We're not exactly sure um, why he's dealing with Rupert or, you know, had to try to have this like side conversation with Rupert is not clear. But we're, we're, we're done with that scene now. All right, boss. So where can folk find you? Uh, you can still find me on Twitter as long as it's working, I guess. We'll see how that long that lasts. Um, tweeting at uh, Dumbly Chambers. Also, as soon as I get my act together, I will continue writing at the Antagonist blog. That's antagonistblog.com. Uh, and please also check out all the writers at pajiba.com. They co-sponsor the, episode, the podcast. It's a great website, really insightful stuff. Great comment section. As our fearless leader, Coach Castleton says, support your local independent blog, I guess. Uh, Yes. And where can we find you? Well, you can find me. We Align is the uh, online community for Align Performance, that that, that coach that uh, Boss was kind enough to mention earlier. So uh, <laughs> we align, we align that alignp.com uh, on Instagram at BK2LA. That's Brooklyn to LA, the number two. And you can also find me. Um, oh, here's something I never mentioned. So I'm going to mention it tonight. It just struck me. I too have a podcast. It's called Unstuck AF and it's available wherever you get podcasts. So f- get through this, make this happen, but uh you might you might enjoy you might enjoy that as well when you're done with the uh when you're done with the old Ted cast. So there you go. Yes, you should definitely do that. All of those things are good. And all right, so for now and until next time, we are Richmond, Richmond till, till we, we die. die. Yeah, nailed it. Perfect. 
The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and the Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.